0: Now on this Invest Talk podcast Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Hi, my question is a follow-up question to um one that a young woman brought up yesterday on the best caller's question from March 2nd. Um, she had about $500 in her 401k from her company that she rolled over to an IRA.
2: And
0: provides unbiased answers.
2: If you roll over an existing 401k into an IRA, you could put more than $4,000 in an IRA on an annual basis. I think it's 6000
0: or $6,500. talk over 30 million downloads and counting.
2: Yeah, Steve and Justin, this is Elvis in Memphis. I want to see what your thoughts are on T. road price. Your
0: participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART.
3: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March twenty third, two thousand twenty one. Coming into the end of the quarter, the first quarter of the new year, uh, and as always, I do appreciate you being with us. I do sincerely hope you'll be uh, participants and give us a call and ask your questions. And you know, every day we start off with the same mission statement: independent thinking and shared success. And we, trust and I, sincerely try to give you the facts. We try to be. We try, try. If we give an opinion, it is our best, our best estimate at what is going on in the stock market or with a particular stock. Um, and knowing full well, we'll give you the facts. But a lot of times, facts are a little bit slippery, because they could be facts today, and tomorrow someone could change the numbers on us, and therefore we're wrong. So, and we're not always right. So just bear that in mind. But we will give you our best and most honest summary of what's going on in whatever question and answering your questions. But your questions drive the show. You know that, right? So you have to call. I'm Steve and Of course, I encourage you to call and ask any financial questions that you may have, anything financial. It doesn't have to be about stocks, but most of the questions are stock-related, and we understand that. Uh, you can call You can call me right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Every Monday through Friday, we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. You can call any time during the 24-hour period and leave the question, and we'll try to get to it as fast as we can. So let's go ahead and get right to the first question. 888-99-CHART.
1: Hey, Stephen, Justin. Uh, this is Michael here from Menifee, California. Love the show. New listener.
0: First-time caller, had some questions about Rocket Mortgage,
1: RKT. I've got a small position in it, bought in at 20 and bought in at $30 a share, made a little
0: bit off of some options, and wondering if this would be a good
1: long-term hold or if I should get out of it when it um, runs up a bit more. Anyways, uh, appreciate everything, guys. Uh, look
2: forward to listening to the podcast and hearing the answers. Thanks. Bye. Okay, this is Rocket Companies, a Detroit-based company that provides digital solutions to get a mortgage for home ownership and financial freedom. That's what they're say. It's a big company, forty-five billion dollars. They're gonna. They made four dollars and nine cents last year. Had a great year. Last year, four dollars nine cents. This year, they're going to make two dollars and forty-nine cents. Next year, a dollar ninety-one. I don't like the direction of the earnings. Sales also, you know, four three quarters ago, up sales were up four hundred percent. Now they're two quarters ago, one hundred eighty-six, and the most recent quarter reported one hundred forty-four percent sales. So this is a fairly new IPO. Came out in September. I would this would not be a long-term hold for me because it. Depends on what interest rates go, right? Interest rates go up. It's a $23 stock, meaning that the price of uh, earnings per share multiple is pretty low. But they should be low. Their five-year range is four to ten, and it's at six now. So it wouldn't be for me. It doesn't pay a dividend. It wouldn't be for me because it's tied to interest rates, mortgage rates, and they're going to go up, and I think their earnings are going to go down. So I-, I wouldn't be a buyer of it. OK, R-K-T is the symbol, rocket companies. So why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know you need and want strategies. You need and want information. You need to deal with the market volatility and uncertainty that's out there. And I'm ready to, to take your calls on any of those types of questions. We, the listener line is always open, 888-99-CHART. Now, today's trivia question concerns the cost of personal vehicle ownership cars in america that's what we're going to talk about that's a trivia at the half halfway mark through the show so how did the market do today well didn't have the greatest day that's for sure the dow was down 308 it was trying to hold during most of the day but gave up there dow was down 308 the Nasdaq down 150 points and the s&p down 30 so it was a pretty down day today So I'm just looking to see, was there a reason why it was down? And you know what? There really isn't. So I can't uh, can't say, I mean, obviously, you know, the pundits, I love it. They always point to something, a reason for the market was down. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes there's a good probability that that was a reason it was down. But today, I don't think there is one. I really don't. Okay, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're now moving through the fourth trading week of March. Probably moving faster than you think, right? It always, the time seems to go by very fast. Your goal should be, and I, as I always state, should be financial freedom, where you can stop doing what you have to do and go do what you want to do, whether that's making money or not making money. You know, that's the goal of retirement. Retirement, to me, is not stop working. It's doing what you want to do. That could be working, but that's something you want to do. So, but it's financial freedom is everybody's goal. So you can make those decisions. So your participation is important in the show, everybody. So we're taking your calls live right now, 888-99 chart.
0: Invest Talk listeners are invited to join Justin Klein as he participates in Finance Podcast Week, March 26th through the 28th. You can hear a variety of live stream panels and exclusive episodes. In fact, Justin will host a special live stream panel on Saturday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But you've got to register in advance. Head over to Podbean.com slash podcastweek. Slash finance to register. Use the code InvestTalk for a free pass.
2: Eight 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 ninety nine. Chart. My focus point today concerns a story about solar stocks trading down. You know, they ran up really, really high before uh, before the year in, but they haven't done pretty poorly since then. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So that's going to be our main talking point. Also, did you see the existing housing and new housing sales for February? They were disappointingly down sharply from six hundred sixty-six six 6.66 million existing home sales to 6.22 and new homes from uh, 948,000 to 775,000. Now, it was blamed on weather. So I'm wondering, is it, could it be because of interest rates, mortgage rates are going up a bit? Not high, but they've gone up. So we'll know better when March numbers come out. Okay, so we'll, give, we'll grant that February had bad weather. We'll see what about March. Now, we have a bit of a backlog in our voice bank questions, so I don't want them to get too stale. So today, we're going to devote a lot of time to answering those questions. This call came in earlier, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, my question is a follow-up question to um, one that a young woman brought up yesterday on the best caller's question from March 2nd. Um, she had about $500 in her 401k from her company that she rolled over to an IRA. And you mentioned that she can still contribute to it up to $4,000. And I'm just wondering where that $4,000 Amount came from. Um this is the first I've heard of anything like that. So if you could respond to that, that would be great. Thank
2: you. Well, that doesn't sound quite right um, because that's not the limit of an IRA. If you roll over an existing 401k into an IRA, you can put more than four thousand dollars in an IRA on an annual basis. I think it's six thousand or sixty-five hundred. I'm not. I'm not an expert on that, but I think that's the closer to the number. I know. Where, I don't know where four thousand came from. Um, there are limits to contributing to both a 401k and an IRA at the same time. You have income limits, and you have limits on both those. So you got to you got to know the rules, and you need to talk to an accountant to make sure you're following those rules. You make too much money, you get restricted. You got. You know, there's different things. Okay. Okay, 888 chart Let's keep going. Here's another question on our listener line.
1: Hi, my name is Patty, first-time caller. I appreciate your show, and my question is Snap. I own it, and I just wanted your take on that. Thank you very much, and I'll wait and listen on the podcast. Thank you.
2: Okay, this is uh, ServiceNow, Inc. N-O-W is a symbol. It develops uh, cloud-based IT software for workflow automation, data consolidation, business administration. It's a very big company, $93 billion in size. Stock price is $478 a share. $478 a share. Is that cheap? Is that expensive? Well, it depends on the earnings. You always relate the price of the stock to the earnings. Well, they're going to make $5.48 this year. The estimate is seven dollars and four cents next year. So, if we use seven dollars, what kind of PE is that? Okay, uh, six, six uh, 16? What's the ten times? as said for one forty. No, oh man, oh that's much higher than that. With my calculator, someday I need to use just a calculator. Uh, so, it's the stock price is four hundred seventy-eight dollars. Divided by seven dollars and four cents, so that gives you the future PE. If my calculator would turn on, I would have that number. I love it. <laughs> I said, "Hey, hold on, just a second." Divided by seven point oh four equals, okay, sixty-seven, sixty-eight PE. I don't know. That seems kind of high. Now the growth rate is around thirty percent. Sales growth, thirty percent a quarter, and has been consistent for two years, each quarter, even during COVID. Thirty percent, about thirty percent a quarter in sales growth. That's that stability gives it that high PE. You know, you can afford that. Uh, return equity is very high at thirty-seven. Cash flow is very strong. They don't pay a dividend, which is very surprising for a big company like this. Is it a good company? Yeah, I think it's a good company. Uh, should you buy it now um, or if you own it should you sell it now? Well, that's always a difficult question. I think if I own this company, I'd probably hold on to it. I mean uh, if I, I think it's fallen from like whats almost uh, six hundred dollars five hundred ninety dollars uh, and here it is at 478. All the way, so it fell all the way down. It double bottomed here. This might be a good buy point, actually, even though it's expensive. On a chart, this looks like a good buy point. The symbol is N O W, everybody. N O W. Next question. We'll make it three in a row. This came in earlier from Tennessee. Yeah, Steve and Justin, this is Eldest in Memphis. How y'all doing? Listen, I want to see what your thoughts are on T Road price symbol T-R-O-W. And also, as a side question, the VIX is in the 20s right now. What level uh, would it have to go up to for y'all to start getting nervous? Thanks for your uh, show and thanks for taking my calls. VIX is a volatility index up and around 40. Uh, 40 and above is where I start getting nervous. 20 is elevated, but it's not that elevated. So um, I, I wouldn't be nervous at this stage, but if it popped up to 40, then I'd be very nervous about the market. It's kind of a uh, contrarian indicator. When it goes up really high, the market is overvalued and, or overbought, and it tends to turn around. If it goes really low in the 15 areas, 12 to 15, it means the market is very, very uh, happy, Uh uh, and, and uh, that makes me nervous, too. Either extreme makes me nervous, okay, uh, about the market movement. So uh, this T. Roll Price, good, solid company, $168 price. We're going to make $12.72 next year, so the PE is at around uh, 15 or so. That's pretty reasonable, right in the middle of its range. So it's a good, solid company. pays a 2.6% dividend. Not really exciting. I'd rather have something else. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So we're taking your calls live right now, 888 99 Chart.
3: And the question is during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady, at least for blue chip companies, as compared to share prices? Or should I expect some fluctuation in the uh, dividend stream that I'm hoping to get? Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk.
0: Markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart.
2: 888 992 4278. Let's talk to, is it Delaine? Dylan in New York. How are you doing, Dylan? Yes.
0: Good. How are you, Steve?
2: Good. Thanks for the call.
0: Thanks Thanks. thanks for taking it. Uh, I have a question for you about Ticker MP, which is yeah. the company, MP Materials. They're an American rare earth mining company. I uh, yes. really like them. I've been watching them for a while. Uh, they had a pretty good size dip today, and I'm wondering if you think it's a good entry point. Uh, thanks, and I'll listen on the podcast. Okay, sure. Appreciate
2: the call. Okay, uh, it's MP Materials owns and operates rare earth mining and processing side of scale in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, It's a $5.7 billion company. It was a blank check company. It went public back in, oh, I don't know, June, July, August, somewhere in there. Um, And uh, the reason why it fell sharply today, and it fell like uh, 19% or so, let's see, 18.27%, uh, today is because uh, it's believed that a big insider was selling remember when a company IPO six months or so after the IPO insiders start to get to sell their stocks and therefore they you know they can realize profits and that apparently was one of the things that dri- drove it today Um is it a good company? They're going to, they're going to make money. The PE is going to be around sixty going forward. They're going to make fifty-seven cents next year, thirty-seven cents this year, fifteen cents last year. So it's done pretty well. Sales are growing fifty to one hundred percent in a quarter, so that's good. But sales are only forty-two million dollars at a five-point-seven billion-dollar company, which means it's a good company. It's growing fast, but the price of the stock is all along, you know anticipated growth and earnings going to expand exponentially in the future, as long as it does that, this stock is probably a good good stock to own. Is it a good buy right here? Well, it's right at the 50-day moving average, and I would say that I kind of like it in this area on a technical basis. If it holds us, because of the big down today, I want to make sure there's no follow-through on the downside tomorrow before I buy. I would like to see an uptick a little bit before I would buy. But, yeah, this could could be a good price if they keep that sales growing around 100%, which looks like they're going to. Dylan, thanks for the call. My focus point today concerns a story with solar stocks trading down. Could timing be right? Or buy. So what's happened is many of those solar stocks have fallen pretty good. Uh, and there's a solar ETS. For instance, an ETF called TAN. And if you look at it, you'll see that the solar stocks fell from about 125, the TAN did, to about 88, which is a pretty, pretty big drop. But you have to remember it had a huge run-up last year. Okay, huge run up, 280% in 12 months. That's huge. So the drop is about 30% or so. Is it a buy point? It very well could be. That's, that's a, a, a pretty decent Fibonacci retracement number. That's a technical thing and looking at charts. So it is possible. And, you know, we know the Biden administration is going to be pushing clean energy. We know auto companies are pushing clean energy big time with, you know, a lot of EV cars. And Volkswagen said they're getting rid of all their internal combustion engine sales starting, what, five, seven years from now? So, you know, it. that's why it went up that much last year in anticipation of this. So don't – you always have to expect – remember, the market looks forward. Market looks forward. So last year it was looking forward – to uh, a, a maybe a more friendly, maybe, they didn't know for sure, but more friendly administration. Okay, so the stock, the the solar stocks got pushed way up, normal. Now that, remember, it's buy the rumor, sell the news. That was a rumor. Okay, the next administration is going to be much more friendly to uh, solar energy, any kind of clean energy, every kind of clean energy, i should say. And now that it's true and it's happening, stocks sell off. Now the question is, now you want to get it for the next one up whenever that might occur. And this might be a good entry point. Might be a good place to buy. Okay? This thing. Okay, did you also see that Pfizer is testing a COVID treatment? It's a pill. A pill that kills the SARS and COVID uh, 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 virus. And they're not the only one. Pfizer's not the only one working on this. Merck is. Eli Lilly is, Regeneron is, and they have high hopes that these pills will kill those viruses. So this is not, this is not a, um, this is a treatment after you have COVID. This is not a vaccine, it's a treatment. And you take it early on and it prevents, you know, the COVID from getting much worse. So, I, th- I think we clearly, clearly are going to defeat COVID, everybody. Clearly, with either the vaccine or new treatments. So don't, don't, don't think, don't, don't panic out there. Okay. Don't panic. Okay, I have a trivia question coming up. We're heading into the break. So Jordan from Dana Point, hang on. You'll be next. I promise. For most people, the acquisition of their primary residence is their largest single expense. And investment, by the way. Another large expense is vehicles, right? Vehicle ownership. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What is the average annual cost of owning a car in the United States? And which country has the most vehicles on the road? After break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to call 888-99-CHART.
4: Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at hackerone.com. That's H A C K E R O N E.com. HackerOne.com. Steve and Justin have recorded a
0: special bonus podcast. It's a fast paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
2: Okay, before the break, we had a little trivia question. What is the average annual cost of owning a car in the United States? And which country has the most vehicles on the road? So I'm going to run some stats by you. The average annual cost of owning a car in the United States is $8,876. Okay, that's for an automobile, not a truck. And China surpassed the United States with the most cars, 300 million, $300.3 million, uh, In April of 2017, so China has the most cars. Three years ago, four, going on four. So, you know, they easily surpassed us because they got so many people. What do we have, 350, 370 million people? And they have what? One and a half billion? I don't know exactly. According to the National Safety Council, the odds of dying from a motor vehicle and crash in 2019 were 1 in 8,000. What do you think the chances of dying in a commercial airplane crash are? People are so afraid of flying, and they're not afraid of dying. Remember, 1 in 8,000 about dying in a car in an airplane crash. One in 11 million. Pretty big difference, huh? The odds of getting killed by a bear in Yellowstone is one in 2.1 million. They're so more likely to get killed by a bear in Yellowstone than you are for a commercial airplane crash. Isn't that interesting? How about a bee sting? The, die of, the, the, the odds of dying from a bee sting, one in 79,000. That's even worse. Anyways, maybe we should stick with the the financial stuff. How about this, real quick? What are the odds of having having to file for bankruptcy in the United States? What is your What are your odds? Now, 2018, we divide the number of households, which is 126 million, by the number of bankruptcy, which was 751 thousand, and it's one in 167. That's your odds of filing bankruptcy. Of course, you can beat those odds by being smart financially remember that's our goal financial freedom be smart let's go to Jordan and Dana Point right down the street from me how you doing Jordan
1: I'm doing well how are you
2: good I rode my bike down in Dana Point today
1: oh nice yeah I was just at joheny
2: oh yeah uh-huh I'm right that I you know I live in San Juan Capistrano so I'm not I'm just down the street from you oh
1: wow crazy anyways um yeah I was calling about uh TPL, Texas Pacific Land. Um, I bought it when it was $500 a share. I own one share. Uh, It's done really well, except it started to dip quite a bit the last two days. I'm wondering if I should just uh, get out, like, tomorrow and uh, take my gains.
2: Okay, let's take a look at it. This is Texas Pacific Land Corporation. sells, leases, and manages land in the United States and also retains oil and gas royalties. It's an $11 billion company. going to make $39 a share. So it's four, it, that $39 is up from 28 this year, 22 last year. The year before, in 2019, it made $41 a share. Okay, when the year it made, remember, it's going to make $39 this coming year. The year it made 41 the high was only $915. Now it's 1400 and It's going to make less money. So think about that. That's why you, you need to say your thinking is correct, and should I take some profits? Okay, I would let's see what see what the future PE looks like. It's gonna be about 36, 37 PE going forward. Um, and that's about right in the middle of its particular range, it has very high return on equity 35%. Sales have been falling in the last four quarters. I would take some profits because it's done so well. I take some off the table. I take I sell at least half, and you you have got a triple on you there. Which congratulations, by the way, Jordan. Um, I might sell two thirds or the whole thing. I, I might because it's just too expensive right now. Thanks for the call, Jordan. Emilio, San Francisco. How you doing, Emilio's? How is your knee, sir? Well, I had the MRI yesterday, Monday, oh, and I won't okay. know the results till tomorrow, according to right.
1: Them. You you need yeah I've had like six seven you'll be fine. Ah. <laughs> uh, quick quick question uh, regarding copper overall because yeah. I'm buying as it dips I'm buying Rio and I'm buying F C X and I'm right. buying a little Billington B H three Billington. So you think this is a good time? You think there'll I do. be a demand in the future?
2: Yes, I think uh, copper is going up. I think. Uh I think uh, commodities, I think we are in a commodities beginning of the beginning of a commodity super cycle, and they come every so often. Uh, and basically, because cycle, no one's invested in a lot of basic metals, mining and stuff for years now, it's been under invested in this area. And so, what's going to happen is we're going to have some squeeze on the on supplies. And whenever that happens going down the road if the world economy starts picking up and i don't think that's a big if i think that's a pretty sure if then the demand is going to outstrip supply that means prices are going up that means these companies are going to do well so i do think i do think they're they're going to do well that doesn't mean they'll go straight up as you know emilios but i think they are in an upward trend and i think they'll stay that way for a Thanks for the call. Thank you. We're on a roll. Let's keep going. The next investor caller question came in earlier. Florida. Hi, Steve and Justin.
1: My name is Katie, and I'm calling from Florida. My question for you guys is, so I'm a 27-year-old. I'm managing my own retirement and investment portfolio. I have quite a bit in growth funds, like uh, two ETFs and a mutual fund growth-focused large cap stocks and i know we're not really expecting those to do great this year that's okay because i'm only 27 so i plan on leaving those there but my question to you is should i buy more since they have dipped so much thanks so much and i'll listen in for an answer bye you
2: know thank you for the call i appreciate it and you know just letting you know statistically women are much better investors than men Hate to tell you that, guys. I know most of my audience audience is guys, but statistically, studies show that women are much better investors. Anyways, uh, I would not add to my growth. You already have plenty of growth. Why not add to some value funds? Spread out into the large-cap, mid-cap value funds. And because these cycles, growth versus value and value versus growth, are very long-term in nature, five, ten years. Okay? Growth has been... Dominant since 2008, okay? It looks like they're handing off the value at this point. And you know how you can tell? I mean, very simply, a very simple way to tell, look at a chart of the Qs, Q, Q, Q which primarily are big tech stocks, okay? And then look at the Dow, which primarily are big industrial-type companies. Usually big industrial or value, big tech are usually growth. And compare the two charts, and you can see big value looks like it's doing better in big growth. This is a simple test. So I would I would switch to value at this point. Not necessarily sell what you have because you are young and they will be fine. Uh, but, you know, don't have to have all your eggs in one part of the market. Put new money in the value stocks. Okay, we are on a roll. Let's keep it going. I don't want to keep it going. Uh, let's try a stock question next.
1: Hi, this is Steve from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. been a long-time listener, and want to thank Steve and Justin for all the advice that they give on the show. I really enjoy it. What I'm calling about today is I bought in December Phillips 66, P is in Paul, S is in Sam, X is in X-ray. In the mid-60s, it's up over 30% already. My f- intention was to buy it for at least a one year or longer investment, and for the dividend for anticipated uh, small amount of increase. I didn't expect this to happen, and I wonder, should I put a stop loss in on it, or should I just keep on going with my original investment ideas? Appreciate it. I'll listen to you on the podcast. Thanks.
2: The reason you're thinking about changing is because it shot up more than you thought it would, and therefore you feel nervous about it. Now, this is Phillips 66, everybody, PSX, engaged in refining, marketing of oil and gas and petroleum uh, products, chemicals. Uh, they're going to make $3.26 this year after losing $0.89 cents last year, and then $6.41 next year. Personally, I think you just hold on to it. It has paid a four point six percent dividend right now. Uh, I think the sales numbers have been shrinking, but that's going to turn around with the reflation of the economy. I I I, I think you stick with your original idea. I think it was a good sound idea. Okay, PSX eight 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 ninety nine chart investment strategies. What do you think you need? You know. We here at you know, KPP Financial, we do several things a little bit different than other people. Um, so, so, you know, first of all, let me thank everybody for, the, for the, all the podcasters. You know, we've had a very good uh, uh, result from our podcasting, a number of people podcasting. And, you know, we want to thank you as we want to make sure you are, you know, uppermost in our minds about this show. Uh, but we also want to point out that, you know, PPP Financial, we manage money for individuals primarily. And, you know, one of the things we do that, you know, I like to make sure everybody understands is we, we practice something called parallel investing, meaning I buy the same stocks for myself as I do for my clients in our different programs. I buy the same percentage, same time, same price, you know, everything so that I ride along with my clients for performance. We call it parallel investing. So if you're interested and you need some help manage your funds, we would really appreciate you give KPP Financial a call in Irvine, California. That's us. That's me and Justin. There's no obligation. We'll take a look at your portfolio if you just want us to take a look at it. That's all we'll do. We'll look at it and give you our opinion. You know, we'll talk to you and find out what kind of investor, what kind of retrieve, what kind of returns you're looking for, and you know, can you achieve that? We'll be happy to help you. So we want to help you. We really do. So 10-minute call is all it takes. Send us your portfolio. We truly really want to help. So give us a call. 888 99 is our number for the radio show. 888-992-4278.
3: InvestTalk
0: listeners are invited to join Justin Klein as he participates in Finance Podcast Week, March 26th through March 28th. You can hear a variety of live stream panels and exclusive episodes. Panel discussions include topics such as real estate, the markets, cryptocurrency, personal finance in the pandemic, the money mindset, and more. And InvestTalk listeners will appreciate a special panel where Justin will be speaking on the topic, Investing with the Pros. Justin's special live stream panel will be presented on Saturday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So head over to podbean.com/podcastweek/finance to register. We've allocated free passes for the first 100 people to register. Use the code investtalk for a free pass. So head over to podbean.com/podcastweek/finance. Hurry, registration ends March
1: 26th. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Bob from Ohio. I'm a fairly new investor with less than $5,000 in their retirement accounts, And you guys talk about having 3% at most in a certain company with a low amount like $5,000. How do you recommend I take that 3% allocation to each stock? Or do you recommend I just wait until I have uh, accumulated more funds to get hit that 3%? I'll be listening to your answer on the podcast. Thank you guys so much.
2: Yeah, I would wait to you build that up a little bit more. I mean um... – you, you can buy 5% of any one individual stocks, but you want to have, you know, 15 to 25 for the average person trying to manage that different stocks trying to manage that kind of. Before you get there, you can use ETFs. That gives you instant diversification. You can get into different sectors. You know, you can get your feet wet using ETFs. Okay, and if you wanted to get an ETF of oil companies, there's there are several of them out there. You wanna get an ETF of big growth companies? Well, there's a number of those out there. You know, so you go into different slices of the market and you don't have to stick to the three percent rule because it's not an individual stock, it's a group of stocks. You can buy five, ten, twenty percent of any one of those ETFs and spread out in different sectors. That's what I would suggest. Once you get up to a Significant, maybe twenty-five, thirty-five thousand, 35000 somewhere in that range. Then you can go different stocks and get, get good diversification. I think I can fit in one more quick question here. And let's try it. Hey, good morning, guys. Appreciate the content that you put out. I'm looking at ticker symbol
1: PG, Procter & Gamble. I'm looking to possibly buy. Just wanted to get you guys' input on it. Thanks. Have a great day.
2: I like Procter & Gamble. I like it where it is. It had a really good day today, up uh, almost 2%. Uh, and so it was up yesterday, but it bottomed right at about $122, and that was the beginning of March. Here is at $132, so $10 in, in a month or so, not even a month. Um, Project Gamble is one of those big blue chip companies, $34 billion. Gays and Re- uh, uh the PG, sorry, might want to change the symbol. PG. I had changed on my chart, but didn't have it changed on my fundamental. Okay, this is a 326 billion dollar company. Uh, it's 132 dollars with a six dollar earnings next year, up about seven ten percent. Sales are increasing in single digits, between four and nine percent for a long time now. Uh, increase and it's pretty consistent. Uh, return on equity is 29 percent. Pays a 2.4 percent dividend. Uh, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like it here. I kind of like it at this price, this price area. PG, everybody, Procter Gamble. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasling. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. So our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
3: Invest Talk is all about above average investing for the average investor. And the question is during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for a long term. I'm just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888 99Chart.
0: The goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk.
2: 888-99 chart. Let's talk to Owen in Northern California. He wants to talk about mission produce. Owen.
1: Yeah. Um, symbol a v o it looks like it's had a run up lately. I was just uh it's in the it's in a space that I like, and I was wondering if you think it's overpriced or what your price target would be for it
2: well, right now, I think it's a little bit pricey <clears throat> um and it looks like it's having trouble maintaining it. It's slowly going down for the last couple of months um uh, and it was a new i p o in two thousand twenty so it's not an old public company. Manufacture distributes markets has avocados to retail, wholesalers, food service customers. So it's a it's a, it's a one point four billion dollar company. It's gonna make a dollar three next year. It's a twenty dollar stock. So it's about a twenty PE. That's a little pricey for for food company. Food companies usually rate a smaller P E than that. More like in the no more than fifteen and usually you, 10 to 15 range. So I would be, it has very good cash flow, $3 a share. Management owns 32%. It's got some good fundamental things going for it, but I think it's a pricey at this stage. If it falls down, I'd like to see it, I'd be much happier picking it up around $15 a share. That's where I would prefer, much prefer to buy it. Okay, Thank oh, you. thanks for the call. AVO, it's a symbol, everybody. We're down to the wire. Just enough time. One more question from a listener in Denver, and it came in earlier on eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
1: Hi, Steeper Justin. Uh, this is uh, Jeff out in Denver, Colorado. I was wondering what the main difference was between monthly dividends and also quarterly dividends. If I was trying to invest for the long term, what the main difference is besides the obvious of uh, when they pay out and if it actually makes a difference. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate everything you guys do. Take care.
2: Yeah, on a cumulative basis, it makes a big difference. Remember, you're getting money every month on a monthly dividend, and every quarter on a quarterly dividend, that's every three months. So if you take that money, it's a compound situation. You take that money every month, reinvest it in that same stock, that compounds a lot faster on a monthly basis than a quarterly basis. So it makes a big difference, accumulative over time. Okay, so don't think it doesn't make a difference. It does. Okay. Um, even if even if they pay the exact same amount from quarterly to monthly, in other words, take that quarterly payment divided by three and pay that monthly, much better to get it monthly because of the compounding and cumulative difference. So yeah, I, I yeah, you if you get a monthly dividend, that's great, but you got to be careful. Remember, you're looking for a company that's stable that can do that over time, not just this year. I'm talking about over ten years or twenty years, long time. Okay, so just remember that. Anytime a company pays a dividend, you want longevity. There's a book out there called uh, Dividend Achievers. Dividend Achievers. And it lists, has, now all it has is a list of companies and different types of companies, uh, different lengths of times they pay dividends. And, you know, it's a very good book if you're a dividend investor to get. And it's kind of expensive, but they, they reprint it every couple of years or so. So it's called dividend achievers. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're running out of time, aren't we? Real quick, I was—I've had some very interesting. Oh, do, do you know that? Well, you probably do. When these guys, you know, that uh, social media, and when they have followers, how do they make money? Well, they have advertisement on their. If they tweet something out, there will be an advertisement with it. So I was looking at some stats and who who makes the most money. In, in baseball, I mean, in football, it's O-dem, uh, uh, Odell Beckman who makes the most. He makes $158,000 per tweet. Brady, Tom Brady, makes $38,000. Basketball, LeBron James makes $300,000. And Stephen Curry makes $155,000. But, one athlete out there dwarfs all of them. Dwarfs them. And that's Cristiano Ronaldo, the, the, the soccer player. He makes $995,000 per tweet. if He tweets something out. Interesting stuff. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley That completes another InvestTalk program, everybody. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family about us. You know, it's all it's free, everything's free, free podcast downloads. Uh, we we post a new program week, every day, weekday, every weekday, immediately after the show. It takes a few minutes for our engineer to take care of that, but Jorge's pretty fast. So get your free downloads at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. And be sure to tell your friends. We really would like them. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Talk. Good night, everybody.